Welcome to the Razan Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 115. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church and beyond. In this episode, we will be launching the 2024 edition of the 12 Song Challenge with everything you need to know and setting the very first challenge for January. Disclaimer. We're Happy reco- New Year. Oh, I was going to say disclaimer. Sorry. We're recording this before Christmas. <laughs> but it's <laughs> Happy New Year. We do, we do this every year where we try and fake Slick it. Slick intro. So we just not try and fake it this time okay anyway uh it's december it's december it's cold. it is bleak midwinter yeah wet dark oh. this is a very down intro to this <laughs> this is the season. <laughs> yeah sorry so what have you been up to though sam tell me since we last convened here on the podcast uh we've been quite busy and the main thing we're working on is a new all-age resource it's going to be called whole church worship and it's going to have like loads of service plans and ideas and stuff and then six new songs we're working on at the moment for that um so that's going to come out like beginning of march fantastic always look forward to your resources i got an email from you today from your, your oh yeah your online marketing machine I was plugging this thing called the Twelve Song Challenge. Yeah, it's really good. I like. I love getting emails from Gage Worship. They're always inspiring <laughs> and encouraging. So I recommend everybody sign up to their mailing list. Thanks, mate. What have you been up to? I'm, I'm kind of boring because I just keep doing the same things. But I have nearly fit. So Dan Castle's Expectant Hearts. I've just amalgamated it now into one one long one long noun, and um, that that's coming together. We've got most of the stuff, so that's going to be released uh, mid January. Journey to Resurrection, which is the other side of stuff, uh, Jubilate stuff I've been working on. That is also all coming together. will also appear mid-January, so an extravagance of new music from the Song Hymn Writers Foundation. Yeah. But the other thing I've been doing is preparing for 2024 as the year of getting out there. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, You're going to start, like, leaving the house? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Do I? Oh, I hadn't thought that through. I don't want to leave the house. <laughs> no, I probably do have to. I think sometimes, um, especially uh, you know during the pandemic, the fact that we were very online and um, uh, and so on was really good because mm. our community took off and interesting things we did took off. But also, I think, and I think I have a slight tendency to enjoy being in the background, um, tinkering and pulling the strings and, and doing bits of bobs. But sometimes you've actually got to let people see your face, and more importantly, hear your songs. And hear your story and that kind of thing. So 2024, 2024, we want to get out there and do concerts, uh, worship evenings, turn up at people's churches on Sundays, get involved in events or whatever else is happening. So this is a sort of a plea to say, invite us, please invite us. Um, We'll definitely be bringing the uh, Down Cross Souls Expectant Hearts album on some kind of tour, which I think would be really good, you know, talking about lament, and hope and how it all marries together um i think that would be really helpful for churches but i'm keen i think um that people experience and people need to experience the the songs as well as hear them actually i think you know it's all well and good putting things on spotify but actually you need to experience them in real life and have an opportunity to talk about them to build relationships with churches um our partner church scheme is growing and and getting out to 
to meet churches and encourage them to support us in what we're doing I think is important um, and our needs are growing and meeting people and encouraging them to support us too would be fantastic cool that sounds exciting yeah talking of out there shall we welcome elise to the podcast hello elise hello so you're an american who has recently moved from the sleepy town of pittsburgh to the vibrant Sleepy. town of Durham in the north of England. Uh, how's it going and what top tips have you got for an American moving to northern England? Oh, man. Well, I would say overall it's been going really well. I've developed a um, <laughs> British accent since I've arrived. Uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Though, when I talk to my friends back in Pittsburgh, they do say that I don't sound American oh, anymore. So I, I take that as a... It's a badge of honor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I moved from the northeast side of the United States to the northeast of England. And it's actually very interesting because Pittsburgh and Durham have very similar histories, which I won't go into, but it, it both like steel coal centers of the countries that then collapsed and how do we kind of get revived mm. as a culture and as a, as a people. Um, it's been overall pretty good. A lot of that is because I had an amazing community of people here in the UK already. So um, there are like best friends of mine that have been super supportive and answering questions, both cultural and just like, I'm tired, is this normal? And they're like, yes, <laughs> it's normal. Um, I will say mm. to your question of like advice, mm. the best piece of advice that I got when I was preparing to move actually came from John Grummet and his wife yeah. where they said don't expect that the role in your former community will be the same role in your current community that you're moving to and that is something that I never thought about nor normally when you think about like working in different cultures you think about like language and customs traditions things like that but you just assume that you will be the same moving mm. there. And it's just not true. Um, and so I think that's been one of the bigger challenges. Like back in Pittsburgh, my family and I were really the ones welcoming everyone in, seeing if anyone needed anything, driving people where they needed to go, you know, that kind of stuff. And here, like, we don't have a car. And we're really on the receiving end of hospitality rather than being the initiators. Mm. And that's both been a gift in feeling what it's like to be a different part of the body in the body of Christ but also really challenging <laughs> um, when you just realize like yeah in order to go to an Aldi it's going to take me an hour because mm -hmm. I don't have a car um, but it's it's also really good it has slowed my pace down I am at worst a workaholic at best extremely productive and it, it has slowed me down because I physically cannot get anywhere as quickly as I normally do. Um, but it's been so fun. We've already been doing various things. Resound came into Durham. Um, and so Chris Juby, Andy Clark, myself, a couple of our friends, my husband as well. Like we put on a concert there um, at my church now, St. John's in Neville's Cross. Um, we've been putting together songwriter gatherings, connecting with people in the area and abroad. And it's so much easier now to get a call from Sam with Engage and be like, hey, can you come down for a retreat? And I don't have to look at a 10-day stint and a plane ticket. I just look at a train ticket. 
which any American listening here is like, that is so cool. You get to ride the train. And everyone in the UK just went, Ugh. Oh, no. Oh, no, the train. <laughs> I know. I love the train. Seven-hour train ride? Sign me up. At <laughs> least um, just tell us... Uh, a little bit about United Adoration because there'll be uh, and your role there because there'll be people who are new to the podcast this time. Yeah. So United Adoration is an organization that seeks to create and foster and empower creative communities in the local church, according to that type of um, in their own culture, their own language, their own context. And so back in 2020, we partnered with you guys with Resound to lead online what we called at the time mini retreats. So um, 12 Song Challenge had already been established as an online community on Snack, s- Snack on Slack. <laughs> and then we offered a space for people to sign on to Zoom and see face to face and hear voices of the songs that we had been listening to on the Slack channel. Um, so now that I'm here, there was a thought about what if during January when the 12 song challenge launches what if we did try to organize a bunch of in-person events so it won't be called mini retreats because retreats is a specific thing that United Adoration does and leads but what would gatherings look like to welcome people in our communities who may be a part of the 12 song challenge but then also be open to others because sometimes it's hard to sign up for a challenge but artists are looking for communities to connect Mm. with. So it's a really easy way. Well, I shouldn't say it's an easy way. It's a really lovely way of building relationships, not just building a song repertoire. So there's a bunch happening. Um, Do you want me to just kind of go down the list? Yeah, come on. Tell us what's happening. All right. So take out your pencils and papers, everybody. Or you can go to our website. It's going to be up there on unitedadoration.com. So we have in-person gatherings happening. We have one at St. Thomas Church, Neville's Cross in Durham. Um, That's going to be on the 6th of January with Philip Boothroyd and myself. Then we have a gathering in Bethsaida Baptist Church in Trowbridge. That's near Bath. Also on the 6th of January, that will be with Jimmy Orr and Chloe Rose. St. Thomas Church in Aldridge near Walsall. Did I pronounce that yeah, correctly? Yeah, really good. Yes. In the Midlands, that's with Andrew Clayton. Oxford, there's going to be a song share gathering at Rick Jensen's house with Rebecca Beast. That's going to be on the 11th of January. And I'm actually going to get to go down there as well. So I'd love to meet all you people in the Oxford area. Um and then Joel, do you what what's what are you doing oh, in yeah, Swansea? Well, I'm, I'm gonna be in Swansea on the twenty seventh of January. So I'm gonna be at Christchurch Swansea and it will be a day teaching on the Psalms and then some stuff in songwriting, which will be in responding to the Psalms, and then a concert in the evening as well. So that's a there you go, South Wales gathering. Yeah. Nice. And then, and then this is what's so exciting, everybody. <laughs> I've just got news. Yeah, Granted, on. we're recording this in December and now it's in January. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I got news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's talk about some things being organized in Scotland with Ellen Oliver and in Northern Ireland with Kath Butler. So mm. I don't have the details yet, but hopefully by the time the podcast drops, those will be up on the website again under um, unitedadoration.com under the in-person events. Um, and also what we want to say is you know, if I can say it, that these aren't like official events. They're just events we've been able to organize as part of United Adoration. But 
if you're in an area, this is to the listener, if you're in an area that doesn't have an event, like put your own together. It's totally fine. (laughs) We'd love to see communities pop up. And so if you can't make it to one of ours, maybe you can organize one in your area. Um, The other option would be that we're going to continue our online gatherings. So we're going to restart our monthly 12 Song Challenge UA online gatherings. They're usually the first Saturday and the first Wednesday of the month. Olin Wingrose, who lives Mm. in Wales, she's going to be organizing the Saturday ones. And then Andy Clark and I will continue leading the Wednesday ones. So those dates are Saturday, the 6th of January. That's with Olin. And then Wednesday, the 10th of January. So we're actually doing the second Wednesday just because of school holidays. Um, And that will be with Andy and myself. So again, you can sign up for the online ones at unitedadoration.com under the online events. Woohoo! Thanks, Elise. Now, hopefully, so much. It's a, so cool. a lot of people listening to this will say, I knew all that because you've already sent it out in emails and it's on websites and all the rest of it. But it's, it is really good. And, and there may be more. Who knows by, by that point? Um, and uh, if you are organizing any of your own things, you'll also be able to plug those on the 12 Song Challenge online forum or in the facebook group um and just invite people yeah it's really good at least we're so grateful to united adoration uh to you and to rachel and all the various people involved for getting involved in what we do because it has just made such a difference so it's such a precious and valuable partnership to us thank you very much we also have um just looking ahead two residential retreats uh one in yorkshire wydale hall at the end of june the beginning of July and then one in the in the mountains outside Knoxville in early September 9th to the 12th of September or September the 9th to the 12th because it's in America um, so look out for more details of those should we play the jingle for the first time yeah <gasps> 12 song challenge 12 song challenge that was perfect hopefully <laughs> You've signed up for the 12 Song Challenge. If you haven't, that's fine. Keep listening. You don't have to. You can join in just on your own, but you might like to come and get involved in the community. I thought it'd be helpful just to have a quick run through one or two of the mechanics of how the thing works. And then I was just going to get some advice from two very seasoned members of the community, Annalise and Sam, just to help steer you through the first few months. So first point is this. The goal is to have a go at writing something new every month. And the two important bits there are have a go. doesn't matter how well your go goes or how far your go goes or how complete your go goes. <laughs> just go have a go. Um, and secondly, it's something new every month. So that's the whole point. Rather than think, oh, yeah, I wrote something three months ago that fits this. That's not the point. The point is it's a stimulus to songwriting to keep us writing. The aim is that we're trying to write congregational songs. What does that mean? A congregational is not a style of music for this purpose congregational means the congregation is the most important voice in the song that's the simplest way to think of it so you write something which is for the congregation to sing Um, but it's not a style so we cover all kinds of musical styles and very often style will be determined by context as much as anything else so your church might sing one kind of music another church might sing another kind of music most churches could cover a whole range of music and we often find that we stretch our musical boundaries and still discover we're writing congregational things in this challenge that said it doesn't always work and if a song turns out to not be very congregational by the end of the month (laughs) it's all right it doesn't matter you sometimes just take the song where it goes 
on the first day of every month, we'll set you a challenge. Um, and you just have until the end of the month or a bit after if you need to to have a go at something. I will say, if you do do something a bit after the end of the month, you'll struggle to get feedback because the the body of people just moves on at that point. Um, but it's really as simple as that. When you have something, make a little recording on your phone or in your professional recording studio. It really doesn't matter. Um, pop it up on the forum, um, add some lyrics, and then um, invite people to come and tell you what they think, offer you some advice and tips. And while you're there, check out a few other songs and offer your own helpful feedback. You will be part of a team. The team is a reasonably informal thing. You're not limited by the team, but it just gives you a group of people who you can check in on because it can be a bit overwhelming. There can be so many people involved. So it gives you kind of a group of people you're connected to that you can check in on their songs. But if you want to dive around and look at all kinds of other songs or invite feedback from various other people, that's absolutely fine. Um, and just a word about... Um, I said something about style, and one of the one style might be hymn writers, and I know we've got one or two people involved, um, certainly this year, and have done in the past, who are really a text writers and would never dare to write a tune. Um, and that's okay. Work as a text writer if you want to. Pick out other tunes to set things to. Look for other people in the in the community to write tunes for things as well. People do often do that. If they if they see you haven't written a tune, they may well come and volunteer. Um, tune writers, I reckon you probably could write a few words of text. Um, so that would be my challenge to you. If that's where, if you consider yourself entirely musical. Yes, Elise. Just a bit of feedback that I've learned from, you know, working with Andy Clark. Um, he's more of a tune writer and I'm more of the lyrics writer. And actually a lot of the ways that we work together is he'll send me a tune that has nothing, but it, he has, he's had the theme in mind and then I write to that. So I don't think it's prohibitive for tune writers to put up a clip and then someone think of something to add. Yeah, great. Just a thought. Thank you. Um, the golden rules, there are only two. One is be kind, generous and constructive. And bear in mind that we're a diverse community from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of contexts and churches. Um, and whilst we might sometimes like to engage in vigorous theological debate, this isn't really the place for it. <laughs> this, this is the place just to encourage really good songwriting. Um, and secondly, songs are always shared safely and ideas are offered freely. So if you're writing a song, it remains your song. Um, if somebody offers you some suggestions, it still remains your song. That way we just all know where we stand at the beginning of it. There we go. That's all. That really is all there is to it. Um, and if you're really good and you do every challenge and you contribute feedback every month, you get in on the finisher's songbook at the end of it as well. So I thought just a bit of advice for new newcomers to the challenge first of all how would you suggest getting started on a monthly challenge yeah i think at the beginning i tend to try and um just throw out a load of ideas so rather than you know you've got the sort of the beginning of the songwriting process is a kind of sparking process where you're not judging things too harshly you're not getting into too much detail uh, you can do all of that later when you're in the editing perfecting stage but for this at the beginning i would just say you know look at the scriptures that have been given or themes that have come to your mind as you've listened to the podcast and then just have a go you know pick up an instrument sing a few things out get a few things down on a voice note um just kind of throw some paint on the wall and then i usually try and give a little bit of space maybe just walk away from it for an hour or come back to it the next day and just see oh what was good out of those little fragments those little snippets and normally out of 
sort of that initial brainstorming phase, I then see, oh, there's an idea that I could pursue a little bit further. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I think it was Wendell Kimbrew who had this quote, don't helicopter parent your songwriting. (laughs) (laughs) Or for those who aren't familiar with the phrase, like don't micromanage right off the bat. Like allow it to just go and see where it goes. And because the minute we start critiquing, if we critique before we create, it just causes it can cause us to be paralyzed um so that was really good sam i think one of the questions that i ask myself in the beginning is um on this topic like what does my church need to say to the lord about it or what does the lord want to say to my church about it um and that gives me a lot of freedom to not try to write a song like so and so in the way of so and so especially being a lyricist um, because the Lord is speaking to my church and we might be in a different place than another one's. And so that's going to make it unique. Um, so I ask that question and then I try to also find some type of scripture verse that I can really land the song on because ultimately I don't want people singing what I think they should be singing. I want them to be able to go back to see what the Lord said about it. Um, so that's what I do with lyrics. And as far as music goes, I ask Andy to write the music. So <laughs> when you, if you find a good collaborator, that can actually really help your initial process because they might have an idea that you can jump off of. I usually wait until the last day of the challenge and then <laughs> panic because I haven't written anything and, and then uh, throw 30 minutes into it. All, all things work. Some things work better than others, I think. Um, how do you know when a song is ready to share then? When, uh, what level does it, do you feel like yours need to get to before you're willing to put it out there to, to get some feedback on it? Oh, man. Um, well, I think this kind of comes from, like, how long have you been doing it? If you're, in a, if you're used to a songwriting rhythm, I think the process can be a lot more quickly than those who are just starting to find their rhythms. So... Um, since I facilitate a lot of the online retreats, I put my song up pretty quickly after the retreat's over. Um, at least somewhere where if people are commenting on it, they can see the trajectory that I'm trying to go. It may not be finished. Sometimes, well, I never put up a finished song because that's just not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to my heart and it's not fair to the other people who might have like really good ideas. So try to put something up that's not done to... Um, and then just see where it goes. I, I think what can be intimidating with this group is because many people have been going for years and years and years, you might say, oh, I have to have this finished product before I put it up. And you really don't. It could be one line and say, I'm stuck, help. Hmm. And then the community comes around you and cheerleads you on. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's right about not putting it up when it's too... I've, I've definitely fall into that trap of, of working quite hard on it, put, having something I thought was 99% there and putting it up on the forum. Uh, and people, they sort of know that you've really worked on it and they struggle to actually feedback and you struggle to receive that feedback, I think, because you know in your heart you think it's done. Um, so trying to get it a bit a bit earlier in the process than that. And we also often have this conversation about what kind of recording should go up. Um, oh, yeah. And... I think we want to acknowledge that some people write using their, you know, their software and, and, and part of their writing process is how they produce it. But I think for most of us, 
certainly for me the temp i have the temptation to throw on more and more layers of instruments to kind of mask the you know Mm. the holes um and i think most people find it easier to feed back to an acoustic demo you know straight into your phone maybe just a piano or just a guitar and a voice or or just a voice Uh, most people find it easier to feed to feed because it doesn't feel so finished yeah i I remember and then one person um last time talking about this thing about sort of how produced things are and, and somebody making the point that some people are are brilliant singers and everything they post sounds amazing as a result and other people don't have that but they do have some other skills so they sort of use use the various skills you've got however you want to use them yeah yeah what about when it comes to feeding back on other people's songs because um th- this can either be very daunting um or <laughs> it or you can sort of go charging in like a um a bull in a china shop um where, again, give us give us some tips on how to do this and how to do it well. I always try and do the old con, uh, feedback sandwich. So start off by saying something nice. Uh, in the middle, put in a bit of kind of this, maybe you could try this, and then finish off with something nice as well because everyone needs encouragement. And with all those things, be as specific as you can. So rather than, oh, that was a really lovely song, try and say, what I liked about this was... Uh, and then similarly with the with the you know the critique the more rather than oh i didn't really like that end verse you know what was it about that end verse that you you thought could be improved hmm. and then i do think examples are good not because someone has to follow them but as soon as if i give a you know a little voice note of a melody idea it, that's far easier to understand what i'm saying than is if i say oh the melody felt a bit blah, blah. Um, people don't necessarily so the more specific you can be uh, the better I think yeah I do love that voice feature because I often can't articulate what I'm thinking in my head but I can demonstrate it for someone to just do what they want with that Mm. Um, yeah I I would say and I might be speaking a bit more to my American friends right now but when someone says I'm open to any and all feedback, they're not actually looking for a dissertation of what you would change. Um, <laughs> so, um, one of the things I've loved about this community, and I'll say it over and over again, is I have learned how to encourage people in feedback, not to control people in feedback. Mm. Um, and so I, I try to like look at one thing, that if one thing could be refined, what would that be? Even though if the song were mine, I might have 10 things I might do. Yeah. It's not mine. And so I, if, maybe think about this and then trust that, that even that one step, if they decide to follow it or not, will lead them on, continue to lead them on a journey with the community. Yeah, I, I think that point about if it were my song, this is what I might do, is, is, a, is a really useful way of commenting as well, isn't it? Because it's not... It's not your song, so but but you can make that yeah. suggestion. I think um, a, a couple of tips I would say are um, are that, that key thing that this is for somebody else's context. So you know we, we're always talking about writing for your own local church and so on. So sometimes what the feedback you're able to offer is, well, if this were in my context, this might work, this might not, and so on. I just offer that to you because I don't know your context in this in the same way that you do. And the other thing I would say is. In order to be sustainable through 12 months, if you start writing essays of feedback, it's not sustainable. And and you'll actually find it quite disappointing that people don't then pick up and, and respond to everything you say and all the rest of it. So I think finding a level where you just pick out st- a few bits and pieces, one, two, that really helpful, 
keep it nice and simple and then you can sustain it and then you can interact with more people as well i think that'd be good but what do you do then when you get this feedback i cry yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you do i have interest do you remember the first time or a very early time you got feedback on a song and what it what it was like just in in life i i do i i can think of both positive and an area of improvement um the first time i ever sought feedback was from my husband shortly after we were married and i was not mature enough to receive that and he almost slept on the couch (laughs) because he (laughs) dared to offer something that was different than what i wrote um but i also remember the first time i got feedback with 12 song challenge and it was actually from sam when oh, he heard the going? lament for communion. No, no, no this is oh. the good one. <laughs> it's okay. Because normally, normally when it's Sam. No, it was, uh, it was when I first joined and I put up the song, The Lament for Communion. It was when we, my church wasn't receiving communion anymore because of COVID. And so we didn't receive it. And, and I remember specifically Sam saying, I don't know what to do with this song because... I'm, it's not my context. I don't know what it's like to not receive communion just because of what's going on. And, but, but even just, even just someone noticing, listening to your song and giving thoughtful feedback was life changing for me, because it meant that someone was listening and and heard me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can take it both ways, I suppose. Like feedback c- could be like, oh, someone's like looking down on my song. But you can also look at it as someone has stepped into a place to engage with you. Um, and that's the way I try to look at it. Um, I can be very, very defensive. So I really do have to look at feedback as people are wanting to support me, not wanting to change me. Um, but also one of the things I do is I just look at maybe one or two feedbacks at a time and then I put it away because I get overwhelmed when there's a bunch of feedback um, and it's okay to not respond to everyone. I have to say that to myself and I'll say that to everyone else. It is okay not to respond to every person who gives you feedback. That's fine. Yeah, that's really good. I would just add like most of the time, I try to think of the analogy like if you go to a hat shop and you just go in the shop and you're just trying things on and just kind of having a laugh really. Ah, look at me in a cowboy hat. Ah, look at me in a, you know, a beanie or whatever. Um, and you can do that with your song without doing any damage to it. You go, oh, okay, they suggested I cut half the lines. Well, let's just try that. I'm just going to sing it like that. Or oh, they yeah. said, you know, put it in the first person when it's in the third person. Yeah. Or, you know, just do it. Great. And then you can go, oh, no, that's, that doesn't work. Or, oh, that's not, you know, but have a little go and then roll. And I think we, we learned this years ago, didn't we, Joel, from um, going to a Graham Kendrick event where he had, he never, he used to write his songs out. I don't know if he still does, but write songs up by hand and he would just have so many versions of verses for the song in a book that he could see all of them and I think that's you know he's just trying things out and then going okay well what works and that's so powerful with feedback is you can just try someone's idea and go oh well it didn't work but I tried it you know and it was you know it was worth trying I would add um be mindful of the way you respond to feedback can be encouraging or discouraging for the person who has been brave enough to to say something Mm. and i think generally speaking be vocal about oh great thanks yeah i'll have a go at that and be less vocal about 
no, I've already decided I don't want to do that. You, we, fine, but you don't. Note you know, taken. Yeah, don't, to, there's no need. Do you know what I mean? There's no need to shut down the the thing. You can always just receive everything and say thank you for it and say I'll have a go. Exactly, I love that the idea of putting on different hats. And then the thing I would say is that it is difficult sometimes to articulate what you can see about someone else's song, and so it might be that someone has really valid critique, but it's they can't quite work out they can't even quite work out what it but they can see it i can see that needs to be different somehow but i can't quite explain it um so i always just try to sort of see under the feedback and think right somebody has seen something if i don't agree with what they suggest or i don't think what they suggest makes sense i've got to try and figure out what they did see because clearly they digged so i i, I sort of try and think okay there's something there needs addressing so I'm going to I'm going to work at it and I'm going to play with that and I'm going to see even if it's not exactly the way that, that, that they were pointing or exactly the thing they said. Um, and I think that's good because then that in, that encourages us. And we actually learn so much about songwriting by trying to articulate what we might be able to improve about someone else's song. We sort of invent rules in our own head that we didn't know we knew. And then we mm. and then we apply them. So I think it is a really wonderful yeah. thing. And certainly um, uh, all, all of us have gotten more and more used to. Um, working collaboratively with people and sharing songs with people and and you'll see it especially when you look across um, uh, you know throughout the community the number of people who say I can't believe I did all this and so many people have had a part in these songs and it's it it is wonderful and is encouraging is helpful but does sometimes take a little bit of time to learn shall we then have the January challenge let's do it 12 song challenge the challenge for January is to write gathering songs. Come together. Right now. Right these now. Uh, Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Um, these, I bet they do that in rock mass. Uh, these would be, if they don't, they should. Um, <laughs> it comes all flapped up with his, maybe not, I don't know. Um, <laughs> You'd probably turn it into like a Calvary song if you really wanted to. Heat flat top, mountain top. Well, I don't know. You could. Um, so <laughs> gathering songs, gathering songs. And really this is songs that gather us at the beginning of worship. Um, so what we always try to do with our themes is offer you a bunch of different perspectives, different approaches um, that you could use. So it's not just one formula and you might think of something completely different and that's absolutely fine as well so our first idea is songs that invite us i guess these are more kind of horizontal than vertical Hmm. songs songs that are speaking kind of uh to the congregation to the people who are coming in the door uh years ago i wrote a song called come you thankful people which i nicked the title from a hymn um ccli money um, spinner ccli money spinner (laughs) nick the the first line from a hymn (laughs) i've got another song coming out called amazing grace it's really good um uh, there's a song by the band We the Kingdom called uh, God So Loved. The first line is Come All You Weary. We use that all the time. Um, it's a really good sort of horizontal welcoming song, gathering song. Um, there's a Stuart Townend song, Come All You Vagabonds, which is quite specific about sort of, you know, the the last and the lost and the least coming and, and finding a table of welcome. Um, so maybe this is something to think about. Who is coming into your church uh, who do you need to welcome? Are there people who need to be seen? Uh, what are they carrying? How how do you want them to be welcomed? Do you want it to be very somber? Some churches are very somber, very sort of serious, but some churches are very relaxed. Um, you know, what, what do you want people to 
to be kind of welcomed with when they come in and is there a song that could facilitate that yeah great um so you could gather people but another thing is would be to sing truth around which you gather so as christians we gather around the things that we believe um so it could be it's a song of rich truth the kind of the core tenets of the faith the most important things you want to say something quite god focused could be sung to god could be sung to one another um but it might it might achieve the same thing but in quite a different way which is to say here's the truth here's what we believe let's gather around it yeah another option is thinking about songs that are really upbeat i know back in my church at home uh, the first song we would do would also be would the first song we would do would often kind of get everyone's spirits up. Um, so some examples of that would be Let All Creation Sing from the Doxicology album. Um, oh, Come Let Us Sing. Stacey Regan and I worked on that being in a liturgical church based on the Venite, which is based off of Psalm 100. Um, and then also Come People of the Risen King, another example. I think that's Townen and Getty, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so these songs are really like, come on, guys, this is where we're going. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, and you, you wrote, <laughs> you've written on the sheet here cheerleading songs, which I think is a really good way of describing them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> be a cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, everyone missed at least a little dance. We there, did, the yeah. A little, she did a handstand <laughs> and then flipped onto the table. Uh, the, the, uh, um, and another kind of song are those kind of scene setters. They describe what we're here for, what we're here to do. Um, and so, example, um, Paul Belosh in the name of the Father um, is one. We just says we're gathered together to lift up your name and so on. Um, mm. I didn't. I come, re- come now is a time to worship, right? Yeah. Would be that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Scene setters. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, in terms of where you might go for like texts, if you're more of a melody person, um, liturgies are really good at this. They list different things. So, um, for example, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So Psalms, other Bible songs like that. Um, o Lord, open our lips and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. This is uh, one of the first words that are spoken with morning prayer. Um, and that's actually a call and response, which I really like that when mm. it comes to gathering songs, because it immediately reminds the congregation that they are an integral part of the worship of God. It's not just a performance at them. It's a, well, for lack of a better word, performance with yeah. them. Um, and so, O Lord, open our lips and our mouth shall proclaim mm. your praise. Um, I actually have a version of that on my morning prayer album. Mm. Yeah, I'm one of our um, all-age songs that we'll be putting out uh, in a couple of months uh, is a gathering song, and the the first the verses are called response for exactly that reason. You know, because it's so easy to get people involved. If people are coming into church, say for the first time, or they just don't know your church or the songs, you know, what a great way to get them feeling secure to have call and response, which means they immediately know, oh, this is my part, this is what I do. Mm. And I, I'm going to throw in Bruno songs there. That's my, that's my thing that only I understand. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Bruno. Layers, the different yeah. members of the family singing different layers. It all comes together yeah. into one whole. And, and so it's a kind of, it, it's a tapestry which, which says, hey, we all need each other to make this thing work. So that's another, yeah. another thing you do, far more daring. Um. Psalms of scent, that could be somewhere you go. So in the in the um, book of Psalms from Psalm 120 to 134, they were the Psalms to be sung on the way to Jerusalem to worship. And I mean, it's a fascinating group of Psalms because some of them are pretty 
dark and damn beat. Um, but they're in, in terms of sort of describing their lives and so on. But they're also so, psalms very much kind of focused on the journey of, of going to worship. So you could draw on that kind of biblical source or some of those psalms, you know, from later in the in the book of Psalms, which you've clearly very much arrived in the temple courts. Um, mm. And that, those are the ones you're going to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, on the Psalms, I do have to correct myself just so all my Anglican friends don't go. <gasps> the Venite is based on Psalm 95. It's the Jubilate that's Psalm 100. I was gonna, <laughs> I was ready to edit that out. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna, just to be safe, I was going to edit out your entire contribution just in case. <laughs> but we're okay. We're saved. Carry on. <laughs> the liturgy police can stand down. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was also thinking about simple songs um, in the, the rest stuff we've been working on the last year or so. We've been doing a lot of sort of experimenting with trying to start quieter rather than start loud. You know, nothing wrong with Elise's cheerleading songs. But actually, in some contexts, rather than geeing people up, you want to say, right, let's take a deeper breath. Let's sing maybe something a little bit quieter. There's that sort of great passage from Ecclesiastes about guard your steps when you go into the house of the Lord. Let your words be few. And maybe, you know, just the simplicity of something like a Teze chant or we use the be still and know that I am God. You know, people can just land. They don't have to think about a whole big mm. thing. They can just focus on a few words. That could work really well, too. Yeah. Can I just say real quick on this idea of reflective and centering songs that, again, thinking about style and scripture, Scripture talks about different ways of gathering together as community. So you do have, you know, come into his courts with thanksgiving and mm. and praise. But then you also have from Ecclesiastes, guard your steps when you mm. go into the house of the Lord. Let your words be few. So I think sometimes our traditions in our church put boxes around what we think is a gathering song when actually the Bible gives us a lot of freedom and I remember when our church had um, the terrorist attack in our Jewish community, what song are we going to use to gather people together if all gathering songs are really upbeat? Mm. Yeah. So it's an interesting way of thinking about that. Mm. Great. Finally, uh, finally for me anyway, um, what does your pastor always say at the beginning of the service? What, uh, the, what's the informal liturgy of your church, I guess, which is there's probably some phrase, some type of prayer, some particular mood or expectation that that is always set. So just think, OK, what is going to be the perfect way to follow that? What is the thing we now need to sing at that point? And that might be any of these things, but or it might be very specifically dictated by just how things happen in your church. I predict somebody's going to write a song that's called Is This Mic On? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or has it just a really long intro? <laughs> you're pointing to the mic. <laughs> Hang on, that's it's the wrong so capo. <laughs> Great. Should we do this? We've got one month. Have a go. They don't have to be finished. They don't have to be perfect. They don't even have to be any good. Just have a go. <laughs> Share it. Join in together. Um, and let's write some gathering songs for our churches. That's the end of the podcast for this month. Thank you to Elise. Thank you to Sam. We always finish with a featured song. And over the past few months, we've been playing uh, new songs from the new Downcast Souls Expectant Hearts album. So this is another exclusive for podcast listeners. First chance to hear this recording of Oh Gracious Light by Elise Massa and Andy Clark. Elise, just tell us very briefly, what is this song? 
This song is a lament that asks for the Lord to show his light in maybe situations that are unresolved and allows those singing it to have permission to be in the unresolved places while still looking and keeping their eyes on the Lord. So, yeah. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
too dark for you Show me this darkness It's not too dark for you 